0: We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the people of Missouri. We're for brewmasters, stockbrokers, beauty queens, and truck drivers. Whatever you do, if you're a Missourian, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we've got Missouri covered.
1: Bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com to get started. A new advisory from the American Heart Association calls for a societal shift to achieve equity for women's heart health. The advisory, published in the journal Circulation, finds that women's symptoms are often judged as if men were the norm. But Dr. Nanette Wanger, cardiologist and lead author of the advisory, says that women have six heart risk factors that are specific or predominant to them.
2: Women have unique risks related to the menstrual cycle, such as their age at starting and stopping, risks related to complications of pregnancy and childbirth, and hormone therapies, such as oral contraception and hormone replacement. Women are also affected by inflammatory and autoimmune diseases and cancer treatments that increase their heart
0: risk, and depression and anxiety are associated. with heart disease more frequently and at younger ages in women than in men.
1: Even young women are affected. Heart health is declining among U.S. women considering pregnancy, and heart disease is the number one killer of new moms. The advisory says that women require a lifetime approach to heart health. Sponsored by the American Heart Association. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. It's hard to believe that my father John started the liquor store a little over 50 years ago, and here we are today. It's crazy to think of all the progress we've made in that time. And now we have 3 convenient locations across the Wichita area at 21st and Amadon, 13th and Waco, and Kellogg and Tyler. And don't forget all the ways you can save at Davis Liquor. Case discounts for liquor and wine are 20% every day. And you can head on over to davisliquoroutlet.com for information on our daily specials and to sign up for our monthly coupons. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st and Meridian.
3: journey for you coming back our number two Shane Dennis show here on a Friday Jack Johnson running the show and contributing he jump on the hotline right now talk a little college basketball ESPN college basketball analyst Mark Adams who really specializes in the American but he does a lot of different games around the country at Enthusi Adams on Twitter and huge fan of the doodah diner here in Wichita we'll get to that here in just a little bit but Mark good to catch up with you how are you Shane, how did you know that I'm a big Journey fan? I've seen them like five times in
4: concert. Go on? Yeah, I love them. I, anytime I can go see them, I, I typically go see them. I mean, now they've changed over some, some lead singers over the years, but, you know, uh, they're still great. I love going and seeing them.
3: That's awesome. They And I, they've actually been in Wichita or coming to Wichita uh either in the near future or not that long ago. I mean, you keep that in mind. So uh, the guy replacing uh, Steve Perry, he's legit, huh? Yeah,
4: well, first they had Steve Algeri that came in for a couple of years. And then they, they, after Steve Algeri went away, then they they did a worldwide search and they yeah. found a guy in the Philippines. Uh, and His name's escaped Me right now, Arnod. I can't remember what it is right now. But I've seen, I've seen all, all of the iterations of lead singers for Journey and, and love all of them.
3: Yeah, and that's the later. way to do it. It's, oh, okay. From He's from
4: the Philippines.
3: Yeah, and that's the way to do it. If you lose your lead singer, do a worldwide search <laughs> who sounds like your former lead singer because that's what we want to hear. All right, uh, some basketball talk now. I want to get your thoughts on yep. the, uh, the exodus of Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati going to the Big 12 and we can just stick to basketball because I've had a little conversation on football and what that landscape will look like, but Obviously, you're not going to, even though there are a handful of teams in the Conference USA that are coming into the American that have had good seasons this year, but virtually irreplaceable, the programs at Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati. And I guess I'll first start, Mark, with do you blame them for going to the Big 12, and how do you feel about them going to the Big 12?
4: You know, I'm a free market guy, so I really, really, it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I just think that. Those guys saw an opportunity. And so, Shane, they took advantage of that opportunity. And that, that's the way I really, really look at it. And I wish them well. And, and when you look at by conference, you know, what, what the American loses, of course, Houston's number one in the net. You got UCF, who's up in the mid 60s. And then Cincinnati, who's up in the upper 70s, the low 80s. And, and one of the great things about what people aren't talking about right now, you know, we're talking about who's leaving. But also, and you mentioned it, who's coming as well. And Conference USA, I, I did a lot of consulting work on the mm-hmm. scheduling side with Conference USA over the years. And, and Dusty May at Florida Atlantic, they've done a great job. I mean, they're in the top 20 in the net right now, North Texas. Grant McCaslin is a tremendous coach. You know, they're in the, the 50s. And then UAB is in the 70s. So if you do a straight trade with those three teams, you know, from a net, from a metric perspective, it's, it's really pretty fair trade. The other part of it is that people don't understand. Conference USA this year had the fourth best non-conference winning percentage of any conference in the country. They won 71% of their non-conference games. So, what what looks like an exodus of of great and storied programs, and especially Cincinnati, the long the long tradition and that relationship with Wichita State that dates back way to the, the Missouri Valley Conference days, of course, Houston. Yeah. What a job Kelvin has done. I mean, look, it's a blow, but I also think the conference positioned itself, especially with with the different television markets that it picks up as well. That I think it's going to be an interesting mix of teams next year.
3: And it was really good timing that FAU's twenty one and two, UNT is eighteen and five, and UAB sixteen and eight. So. Uh, hopefully you don't have to squint too hard to see that at least, uh, there can be some viable teams on the basketball side coming to the American. We're talking to Mark Adams, ESPN College basketball analyst. Uh, gotta ask Mark, you've had your eyes on Houston way more than I have. I saw him in here at the roundhouse the other night when they beat Wichita State 70 to 61. But what is or who is Houston's kryptonite this year that maybe can, uh, trip him up in the American?
4: I'm not sure it can happen a lot in the American. I had this question after the Temple game the other night. And you know, I, I think a team that has a big strong physical presence inside because I mean Houston does it with, with you know guys that are a little bit undersized. Now Jaris Walker obviously is, is like a triceratops. I mean his his <laughs> shoulders are so wide and he's so strong. Uh but but he's you know, he only goes about six seven or so. But but when you talk about uh, Jawan Roberts, he's not a prototypical big guy. And so I think teams that have a a, a strong front line, and there aren't many teams like that uh, in the American. I mean, Cincinnati would be one team with Victor Lockin that has a a legit big guy inside, but, you know, he injured his ankle the other night. I don't know what what the situation is with Victor moving forward. And so there's really not a, a prototypical team, although, you know, Temple was able to. To win a game. I still don't know how they, they beat Houston. I mean they they shot thirty one percent. Their two best players, Battle and Dunn, went four for twenty one from the floor. Now they made twenty out of twenty two free throws, which was good. That kind of saved their saved their bacon a little bit. Yeah. But but I think it's gonna be a team with a really strong front line that can give Houston a little bit of problems. But you gotta combine that with really good guard play because their guards are, are just elite. The way they defend, the way they share. They're underrated offensively. Uh that's a really, really good basketball team. And you saw it in the roundhouse. Those guys are really good.
3: And it's not like they dare you to beat them with jump shots. You can't even get jump shots off between Jamal Shedd and Marcus Sasser. They, Those guys guard, man. And it, yeah. you owe it to yourself if you get the chance to see them up close and personal because it's impressive. If you if you don't think it's possible to be impressed by watching somebody play defense, watch Houston.
4: Well, they remind me of the Ron Baker, Fred VanVleet, Cal Cotton you know, those three can lock you up. I mean, Cotton, everybody talks about Fred and Ron, and, and for really good reason, by the way. But, but Cotton, pound for pound, inch for inch, was as tough and as great a defender as you will ever see in college basketball. Uh, the thing about Houston is, you're right. I mean, Shed can lock you up. Sasser can lock you up. Jermon Mark is underrated as a defender. Yeah if that's possible for a guy on the Houston team. And they're just so good and so athletic, and they're so quick to rotate. Uh, they're a lot of fun to watch both on offense and defense.
3: Taylor Hendricks from UCF came in here the other night and just decided in the second half that the game was his. Uh, between me yeah. and Jairus Walker, those two freshmen from UCF and Houston, respectively, uh, let me get you to speculate here, Mark. Which guy's going to make the better pro, Hendricks or Walker?
4: You know, I think Walker will be drafted earlier, uh, but I, I, I think that, that Taylor Hendricks, he may have a, a higher ceiling in some ways because he's mm-hmm. not yet as physically mature. He's a little bit more skilled, I think, than Jarris Walker is. It, it depends on if, if Hendricks can become a man. I mean, he can really get in the weight room, change his body. I, I mean, I really like his persona on the floor. Here's the other part about it, Shane, that a lot of people don't talk about. Because I talk to NBA scouts all the time, and I had this discussion about Jarris Walker the other day uh, with an NBA scout. And one thing that that I know about Jarris is that his parents wanted Jarris to be challenged. They wanted him to play for a college coach that would challenge him. And that's exactly what they found in Kelvin Sampson. Jarris's dad has only sent Kelvin one text the entire season. And that was after the Virginia game. It was two words, thank you. Hmm. Now, that's the kind of parent I want to coach for, you know. And, and Taylor Hendricks, uh, he's, he's got a, a really neat story with his twin brother also being at UCF. But, but I love Taylor, too. He's another guy that's really, really intelligent. Both these guys are smart off the charts. And I think to play in the NBA, you have to be a freak at something. Fred was yeah. a freak at understanding game management getting the ball to the right player at the right time, making all the right decisions. That's why he continues to improve in the NBA. I think these two guys both have freakish natures about their talent, but they're also smart like Fred. They're both going to be great pros.
3: It's funny you told that story about Jace uh about Jerris Walker's folks cuz I thought you were talking about Taylor Hendricks there for a second because he had a real similar story when it came to going to UCF and play for Johnny Dawkins. He turned down basically the entire state of Florida, Iowa State, LSU among I'm sure many, many others, but his folks, Taylor Hendricks' folks were like, "No, we want you to to mentor him." And you talk about yeah. the best of both worlds. You got a really good uh, gentleman, uh, by all accounts, in Johnny Dawkins, yeah. plus that guy got picked 10th overall himself. So if there's anybody that can give you both, uh, UCF is kind of a diamond in the rough in the state of Florida.
4: And, and you know, Shane, also, uh, the brothers wanted to play together, and that mm-hmm. was another factor in the recruiting process, and Johnny was like, you're both you know, great, talented, you come from great families, yeah, we'll take both of these. You. you know, another place where that has affected the decision was Kendrick Davis, When Tim Jankovic retired this year, where was he going to play? He wanted to play for, for one of the preeminent point guards in the history of the NBA. He wanted to learn from Penny Hardaway. That was one of the big factors as to why he went to Memphis.
3: Talking to Mark Adams, talking college basketball, ESPN analyst at Enthusi Adams on Twitter. He's a great follow on Twitter, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of non-basketball things here in a second. But before we do, uh, what do you make of the state of Wichita State basketball right now? Kind of in flux, uh, floundering around 500. Uh may outdo their expectations of the preseason, but maybe not not by much, and they kind of melted down against UCF. What do you see from afar with the Wichita State program?
4: You know, Shane, the Shockers have had a really weird three-year run. I mean, when you talk about the transition from from Greg to Isaac, and Isaac, you know, led them to the American regular season championship that year in the COVID year. But the roster changes have been really unsettling. When NIL hit, and Wichita State uh, was not positioned well for, for that dynamic to take place, and a lot of players leave. You know, and you had you had a lot of players leave, of course. You know when when Isaac first took over the job and Eric Stevenson and all that you know stuff yeah. that went on, and so the roster has changed so radically that it's it's been hard for me to keep track of it all, quite frankly. Now this is true of several programs, but Wichita State's been like on steroids, and and I think that that Isaac in some ways you know is is juggling that roster situation from year to year, there needs to be some stability at Wichita State. I mean, that's the one thing Wichita State had for a long, long time was stability. When I walked in that building, I knew who was on their roster from the previous year. I knew how they were going to develop, and I knew Wichita State was going to be good. That's not the case anymore. There's a lot of new guys. I mean, James Rojas has gotten better this year. Uh, you know, when I look at overall, uh, when I look at Craig Porter Jr., he's gotten better. You know, Rojas has gotten better. Poto, I think, is, is, a, is a key guy that when he, when he really wants to be physical, I think he's really good, and I think Wichita State should play through him. I think they're better when they play through him. And then, of course, Jaquan Walton also has played well. You know, there have been some injuries in and out and different things like that. Yeah. So this has been a program very much in flux, and I think that's the core of, of the issues for the shockers right now, that you can't walk in the building and even know who's going to be on your roster half the time over the last three years. And that's and, a problem, especially in the American.
3: Yeah, and and prior to that, that time you're talking about, Mark, you also knew that you'd be walking into the arena and 10,506 would be in there. And that's not the case either. So it just goes to show you that, you know, things don't last forever. But this Wichita State team, as I see it, Mark, sometimes you describe a team as they're greater than the sum of the, its parts I feel like that's in reverse for Wichita State. All the stuff that you talked about, Walton is at his moments, Craig Porter Jr. is really good, yeah. Kenny Poto is kind of ditched to pick and pop, and he's going down, getting his nose dirty yeah. a little bit. With all that being said, you would think that that would add up to a better than 500 year, and I guess you nailed it. That's the only way you can describe it. It's been weird.
4: Yeah, and, and I think that I think they're psychologically wounded, too. Uh, they've lost some close games. Look, some teams, when they play a Houston they get better. And I'm using that as an example. I'm not even saying it's, it's true of Wichita State this year. Uh, but I've also watched teams kind of go in the tank. Look at Temple. Temple sold out in Philadelphia to, to try to beat the Cougars, and it wasn't going to happen. And then they go on the road, they lose to SMU by one. You know, mm-hmm. Houston is like the mentors. They sort of suck the soul out of you, and they, they, they come after you, whether it be at your place or theirs, and then they beat you. And then you got, as a coach, you got to regroup your team. And, and try to get them back to psychologically where they can, they can play again together and compete together. And I don't think that Wichita State has ever been kind of able to get over that hump and, and really feel like they're together. I've seen them improve. In fact, when I, when I did a recent game, it was at the Tulane game. You yeah. know, I saw improvement from Wichita State. Now Tulane, I haven't said with, with 18 down, when Tulane was 18 down, I said on the air, this is going to overtime. Now, sometimes <laughs> I get lucky, right? You know, but but I think that that team showed flashes of brilliance, but it's just inconsistent. And I think a lot of that has to do with the the amount of roster change over the last three years. It has been a weird thing to watch.
3: Yeah, and I said this earlier this week. There were six absolutes that I took away from Wichita State after that UCF game. And one of them was, this team should have beat Missouri and should have beat Kansas State. So you know it's in there. but. They didn't, and the the weirdness continues. All right, so how about some fun stuff now? How many play-by-play guys would you say that you've taken, how many different ones, that you've taken to the Doodah Diner? (laughs) Um, I'm guessing
4: probably the over-under would probably be at eight or nine, I would guess. Oh, okay.
3: So a bunch. Yeah, I I would think it
4: would be right eight or nine, somewhere in there, yeah.
3: Uh, Do you still have that Dumb and Dumber tux? that uh, one of the uh, Twitter followers suggested me ask you. Curtis on Twitter wants to know if you still have that orange tux.
4: Oh, yeah, I'm wearing it right now, Shane.
3: (laughs) Okay, great answer, great answer. (laughs) And finally, before I let you go. I do have it. Absolutely, I have it. That's awesome. And what year was that? I forget, because you were talking to Fred Van Vliet after the the game. Were you and uh, Rich, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, that was New Year's Eve. It was either 2014 or 2015, somewhere in there. Yeah,
3: And finally, uh, I want to give you the floor for this one, Mark. Uh, I want you to tell the folks, if you would, about Scott Keller and uh, how you're trying to help him out and how other people can help him out.
4: Well, first of all, Shane, uh, I want to congratulate you. Uh, I do my homework, too. And I know that, that you have battled and have done very, very well, and, and that's an inspiration to all of us as well. So uh, I know that cancer absolutely sucks. But I'm not a cancer survivor. You're a cancer thriver, And so I want to make sure that i pointed that out, first of all, before I even talk about this. So thank, thank you. you, Shane, for your example. You uh, Scott Keller is the greatest player I ever coached. Scott played for me at Western Oregon between 1985 and 1989. Uh, he was the toughest player I ever coached. He was an All-American for me. We were nationally ranked. We won a West NAI Western Division championship together. And we've stayed very, very close over the years. Scott went into coaching. And uh, last, last summer, uh, he had an episode where he went to visit a urologist. A urologist actually was a guy that I recruited to Western Oregon, a, guy by, a doctor by the name of Lance Marr, and they found cancer in his kidney. Uh, Lance removed that kidney. Scott was coming back. And then December found out that the cancer spread to his lungs. He's got uh, stage 4 lung cancer now. And so Scott and I uh, have a obviously very special relationship uh, we talk on a regular basis, and I just told Scott. I said, "Look, I don't want you to answer this question, but I'm I'm going to ask you. How can I help you?" And Scott, don't take this as, you know, what everybody says. How can I help you? You know, no, Scott, I want to know how can I help you. But I want you to think about before you tell me. And so, a couple of days later, he called me back and said, "I want you to coach me." And I said, "Okay." And so we have that player-coach relationship, and. You know, so I introduced Scott on ESPN uh, during Coaches versus Cancer Week. We set a goal on a GoFundMe page to raise $50,000 to offset uh, the experimental uh, chemotherapy that he's going through right now. And we've, we've surpassed that chain. And, but if people want to go out and, and uh, help out and go to my, my Twitter account, at Enthusiadoms you can see. Just scroll down. You'll see places where you can go to the GoFundMe page for Scott Keller. And uh, I'm going out there uh, on Wednesday, and a week from today, Shane, uh, I will be an assistant coach on the Century High School bench with Scott Keller, and we're gonna we're gonna kick somebody's ass that night. I'm just telling you, (laughs) we're gonna kick somebody's ass, and and I'm thrilled about it. I've got 30 of my guys. Scott doesn't know it, uh, but I've got about 30 plus of my guys that are coming back. We're gonna surprise him at the game. We're gonna have a reception afterwards. He's doing well this week, much better than he was two weeks ago when he was literally in the emergency room every day and would get out of that emergency room. He went and coached his 400th win, went back to the emergency room, a couple days later came out, won his 401st win, and then had uh, what they thought was a stroke. He's got Bell's palsy on the right-hand side of his, mm. of his face, but that's minor. That's minor. You know, that's nothing. So I appreciate you giving me this air time to share Scott's story. I love him. I am proud of him. And I love the Wichita State fans. And if there's someone out there listening right now that you want to do something nice, you know, maybe leave a a nice note on my Twitter account. Or if you feel compelled, please feel free to go and, and, um, you know, contribute to Scott's GoFundMe page, which is also listed uh, on my Twitter account as well. So, Shane, thank you so much for that time to do that.
3: The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for the 20 or so minutes that – that you set aside for me today to talk college basketball and uh, have a little fun at the same time, too, because as I uh, often say, we're not trying to refuel a couple of jet fighters in midair here. We're just trying to have a little fun on the radio (laughs) and talk some sports. So I appreciate your time, Mark. Uh, Be well and have a good call whenever and wherever the next one is. I'll be on uh, Sunday. I've got Temple
4: at Memphis in a loser out game. That's pretty much what it is. So we'll, we'll be ready to rock and roll for that one.
3: First of a triple header on ESPN two, as I understand, and Wichita State will be yeah. the back end of that one on uh, uh, at three o'clock Central Time. Mark, have a great call. We appreciate you uh, uh, taking some time with us. Thanks, Shane. Take care. You bet. Mark Adams, ESPN college basketball analyst at Enthusi If you're on the Twitter, it's one twenty one. When we come back, we got a very special interview. Pat Strothman caught up with Invincible's own. Vince Papali from the Super Bowl. We'll hear that interview next.
0: The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22.
2: Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022, Case IH equipment from Candyquip. Axial flow combines and headers, early riser planters, and more. Plus, five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit CanEquip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. CanEquip, Can Equip you. Paid
5: for by Bar Justice. Attention, have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-516-9931. Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. That's 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931.
1: Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern to see what prop bet will be boosted. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code Wichita. New customers can bet five dollars on Super Bowl Fifty Seven and get two hundred in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Wichita. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred twenty one and over in physically present in Kansas. Bonus issued as is free bets, often required for odds boost. Bet type and amount limits vary. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbookdraftkingscom football terms. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort.
3: 25. Shane Dennis Show. Shane and Jack with you. All Jack Young's coming up here in a little bit. And speaking of which, in IOJY yesterday, we acknowledged the birthday of Vince Papali, former Philadelphia Eagle, uh, which they and the guy that was the inspiration of the movie Invincible. Uh, he celebrated a birthday yesterday. Vince did. And how ironic or uh, synergetic that our own Pat Strothman caught up with him and caught an interview with him from Radio Row uh, during Super Bowl week. And a reminder, stick around from 2 to 4. He will be, Pat will, with you with a crap ton of interviews with all kinds of superstars. So from 2 to 4, from Radio Row, Pat Strothman with a bunch of cool sound. Among them was his interview with Vince Papali. And we are pleased to bring it to you right now. So, Jack, uh, take it away. This is Invincible's Vince
6: Papali with our very own Pat Strothman. We continue the broadcast live from Super Bowl 57 Radio Row. It's Philadelphia and Kansas City. And our next guest has a connection to the Philadelphia Eagles. You might recognize him, Vince Papali. He is here on the line with us, Philadelphia Eagle of course, you probably recognize his story on the 2006 film Invincible, one of my all-time favorites. Vince, glad to have you here on the show. How are things going?
2: Oh, It's great. It's one of my favorite movies, too. I'll put it right up there with Rocky and Rudy on right? it. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky and Miracle, they're, they're like Rushmore. But, yeah, thanks, man. It, it, it's really cool. and I, I wish I were out there with you right now. I've done a few radio rows, but um, I, I had speaking engagements here in Philadelphia, which kept me in town. You know, everybody was sort of anticipating that the Eagles were going to, I didn't want to jinx them by not booking anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, but it, it, it's so really it's right now, the weather is perfect. Uh, the city's going to be on fire. I know Kansas City, love it. Love Andy Reid and and, and, and a bunch of the guys on the on, on, the, on the chiefs it's, it's, I'm really looking forward to a great great matchup this is going to be a lot of fun
6: yeah no doubt well let's dive into Philly let's let's dive a little bit deeper into the Eagles this year as, as you brought up you didn't want to jinx them I think they're for a little bit I think there are some people wondering is this team for real before the season began, I thought when they pulled off the trade for A.J. Brown, I'm thinking that is a genius trade. I really love that trade because I think it's going to bring another layer to the offense for Jalen Hurts. They're still going to run the football. We know that, but A.J. Brown's going to free up Devontae Smith a little bit more. Dallas Goddard's going to get a little bit more. So what do you make of Philadelphia this year? They were the number one team in the NFC in the playoffs and the number one team winds up in the super bowl so what do you make of philadelphia and what have you seen from them this season
2: well you know from a fan and i was a season ticket holder for 10 years and then got to got to go from the you know the stands into the bench and and just to see the team develop and mature and evolve you know it's really been a lot of fun Uh, from not only just the team but also with the coaching staff you know and getting to know the strengths and weaknesses of the players and then working mostly to their strengths and you know, I think you, you said the key thing uh, with how he's been around Roseman, our GM's been around for a few years. I think maybe one of the sweetest and, and slickest moves he ever made was to bring in A.J. Brown. And I hope he's not coming in as a hired as a hired gun. You know, hopefully he'll be here for a while, because just as you were saying, you know, that it takes the pressure off of Devontae. And, uh, you know, he's as great a route runner as slick as could be as well. But uh, now it takes and then Dallas Goddard, you know, with Kelsey and Goddard, that's going to be a great matchup with the tight ends because Dallas uh, is so not, not the Dallas Cowboys, but Goddard is so underrated. Mm -hmm. And I got to know the kid when he, when he got picked up when Doug Peterson was here and I had an opportunity to spend some time with him because he went South Dakota state. My son played against North Dakota state when he was playing college football. And he's just the nicest, humble guy. And now to see him evolve, you know, since Zach Ertz, who was at Phoenix Air for for years, Zach Ertz is, is gone, you know, it's great to see it. So uh, some, some great matchups, but, um, I, I, you know, look, it's going to come down, I, the way I look at it, it's going to come down to uh, the evolution here of Jalen Hurts, and, uh, you know, you've got two quarterbacks that were banged up in the, at the end of the season, and, uh, you know, it's survival, you know, it's all survival, and they're, they're going to be there, and, and with um, with Jalen, what he brings to the game, the RPO, you know, it just makes that work. And the run-pass option, he's such a he, he's such a dangerous runner as is Patrick when he is when he's healthy. So um, you know, that, let's assume they're 100 percent. And and Mahomes, I mean, the, the guy's a fucking magician. You know, he's like <laughs> Houdini for crying out loud. Some of the things he, you just think, you know, you got to be really if you're a defensive guy, you know think of this, you gotta be so pissed off because you got him, man. You got him in the wraps before you know it. He'll, he'll throw a behind the back pass or, or a loop over this, you know, he always knows where everybody is and that's that's situational awareness. He's as good as it can be and, and I've met I've met Patrick and he's just the nicest kid. I mean he'll always be a kid to me, but you know, you can't root against him. So this is gonna and Andy, you know, we all know Andy and so we love him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, this, this is going to be a great, great matchup all the way around. So I'm real excited about it.
6: Well, you brought up Howie Roseman. I, I want to touch on the job that he was able to do. So it's tough to say goodbye to a coach that won you a Super Bowl, and Doug Peters. Yeah. It's, it's tough to do that. And yeah. he did it. He, he said, hey, it's just not going to work out. we got to switch some things up. And now Doug is, is leading the resurgent uh, Jacksonville Jags now, who had a phenomenal season, obviously. The guy can coach. I think we all understand that. He brings. In uh, Nick. Yeah,
2: I, I was in six of his games, five of his games, because I live in Jupiter, Florida now, and, <laughs> and Jacksonville. I've known Doug since he was a player. So, you know, what a great year he had. But, yeah, it was tough to get rid of Doug, you know, and yeah. uh, everybody was pretty shocked, and nobody really knew, knew anything about this Nick Sirianni. Right. And, uh, you know, he, he's a polar opposite of Andy. Andy's so stoic, and Nick is so animated on the sideline you know that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun for the networks and you know their close-ups and shots of those two guys
6: yeah so not only does Howie do that right so he brings in Nick Sirianni who I think we're all just curious to see how this guy is going to to shake out but he also takes a chance on Jalen Hurts some guys maybe don't do that right because Jalen Hurts that dual threat type of quarterback this is a guy who you know looked like he was going to have a promising college career and then you know he gets benched and so on and so forth, and you just see him continue the grind. And here he is now on the on the greatest of stages in the National Football League. So not only does Howie do that for Nick Sirianni, but he also brings in Jalen Hurts. He does the AJ Brown trade, like Howie Roseman. Uh, I don't know if he's got a crystal ball or what, but I gotta say it's something's working there for for Howie Roseman. So how incredible of a job has has Howie done, being the guy to lead the charge for Philadelphia. Well,
2: this, this, without a doubt, is his best year ever in terms of his draft. And, uh, you know, there was a little – he had an opportunity to pick up Jefferson and, and pass on that. And, uh, and now, but he's got A.J. Brown, so everybody's forgot about it. You know, the team has really been very successful. We brought in a couple in the Comic-Con you know, and, and, and a couple of defensive linemen. So now they have a fresh six or seven guys on the D-line at all times. And uh, the, sack, the sacks up there are incredible. And our defense, our, our secondary linebackers, are doing are doing pretty well, so um, you know you got to you got to give it to Howie, you know, and give him an A for what he's done this year, and, and you know, congratulations to him. But as you know, you know, it all comes down to performance, yeah. And and this is the big stage, and it's a big stage that that Jaylen's not been on, that Patrick has been on, that Nick's not been on, that Andy has been on, and I, I, experience has to be, uh, I, I think, something that really needs to be considered. And, uh, you know, we'll see how, how they'll react to it. I, I, I can't imagine that. I mean, me, if I were, if I were coming out, I, I'd have odds. I'd have I, I wouldn't be able to breathe coming onto the field, you know, just with my personality. So, um, you, you know, it is, and, and a lot of it I, I, heard, I, I heard coach, um, uh, one of the coaches on, on TV this morning, and he was talking about, you know, about who makes the fewest mistakes. And uh, not turning the ball over, you know, and the mental errors and that kind of stuff. You know, if you're the Eagles playing in Kansas City, uh, you know, it's insane because of the crowd. So, um, you know, how how much is noise going to be a factor down there, and all those kinds of distractions that could hurt an offense or a defense. So, uh, just a lot of ifs. And but you know, you got to play that uh, you got to play that mistake-free, solid game and 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 then you know the officiating is, is this year has been uh, a little bit erratic <laughs> and uh y- y- you know to say the least and y- you know you never know if you're going to get a rough on the passer, or or you know i've never never i've never seen so many linemen a leg way downfield in my life you know it's just, <laughs> you, you, you know you just you don't know what you're going to get so uh, no, no, you know, i'm not i'm not criticizing like that's the toughest job in the world i think being official but man oh man it does you know in a couple of the playoffs games it was a key factor in 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 some of the decisions so uh We'll see how it goes.
6: Yeah, for sure. Vince Papali I'm just laughing because your timeout. Liming being downfield. I'm a former offensive lineman, so I just chuckle at the fact because I'm like, yeah, it's it's true. You get so many linemen already down the field. Vince Papali, our guest here from Super Bowl 57 Radio Row. Vince, a uh, former Philadelphia Eagle. Of course, his story in the film uh, Invincible, which came out in 2006. And I got to ask about that here in just a little bit. But, real quick. Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. What, what jumps out about Kansas City in this upcoming game against Philadelphia?
2: Creativity. Without a doubt, creativity. Andy, last week, came up with a couple plays. I, I don't know about one. But, uh, you know, and just the things that Mahomes can do, you know, and the confidence that he instills in the team. So I would say creativity, confidence, experience. And, uh, you know, certainly they have the players, uh, you, you know, and of course my favorite is, uh, is, is Kelsey, you know, uh, out there as well as Pat, Patrick and, you know, and the, the two, you know, like split personalities between, uh, between Travis and Jason are center here. So, but I would think those three things and you you can't, uh, you can't ever underestimate how important experience is. And, um, and, and they've been there before, they've been there, done that. And, and that's got to be a really key factor.
6: All right, well, I'll get your – I mean, I can ask for your prediction for Super Bowl 57. <laughs> I know where you're going to lean. But, you know, at the other day, uh, you know, I would still at, ask you the question. But, all right, let's talk about the movie itself, Invincible, right? Mark okay. Wahlberg, uh, at what point did you – like, I'm not sure how the process goes, right? So, when did you get wind that Mark Wahlberg was going to portray you in the movie?
2: Well, the whole process started on, 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 in 2002 when the NFL compared me to Rocky and then Hollywood got involved. And then the guys that did Miracle and Rookie, uh, Mark Chiarty and Gordon Gray, they got a hold of the screenplay written by Brad Gann and Ken Mock. And they got a hold of the green. So this is happening in 2004. And then Disney uh, owns me, that you know, and I signed my intellectual rights over to Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And then I really had no idea, you know, who was going to come. And I heard some names being bounced around. And then I found out that it was Mark Wahlberg, you know, and I and I did some work and study on Mark Wahlberg, and I really looked, I saw this thing on ba- basketball diaries, and and watched that, and I saw, and he's a he's a big hoopster, you know, big Celtics fan, mm-hmm. and I and I watched him, and and I saw his athletic ability, and and so there he was, you know, and and the first time I met him was in New York City, and uh, and our family, and he says Vince, he says I'm feeling a lot of pressure. I said How are you feeling pressure, man? It's just going out doing a football movie. He says, well, i have never played the role of a guy who was still alive at the end of the movie. That was one. And the other, he says, "He says I want to I make sure that every day I'm out there in that field that you're going to be happy with my performance. I, I, I feel pressured that I'm going to please you. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is coming out of Mark Wahlberg's mouth, right? <laughs> so, you know, what we did is um, Jim Jensen, if you remember, Slash Jensen from the Dolphins. Yeah. And, and me and, and Mark worked out for two weeks. Um, one-on-one uh, or three on, you know, th- the two of us with Mark, uh, just trying to teach him how to become an NFL wide receiver. He has good feet, great hands, tremendous concentration, and he's a hard worker. And uh, you put all those three things together, and, you know, to me, that's one of the formulas for being, uh, for being any kind of a successful person. And he just, he, he just took the role and just took it over. And uh, and that's when I first found out in two thousand five, you know. And then, <laughs> you know, the the, the directors sent me a bunch of movies that Mark was in, and you know, I saw one where he was being tortured. I said, Oh man, I don't know if I want to watch. It's not gonna be that bad out on the field. But um, you know, uh, he he was great. He still is great. Uh, just last week he called me and, you know, was just wishing the Eagles luck. And you know, we were hoping maybe we'd connect. But um, was, I'm just so happy and pleased. And, uh, he, he, and he, you know, he played the role the way I thought it should be played and with passion and enthusiasm. And um, here we are, you know, it's, it's right up there with top ten sports movies, loving it.
6: Yeah, so you obviously really pleased with how things were, were portrayed on, on screen. For the, I know everything, you add a little bit of extra stuff because it is theater, but for the most part – Hey, you playing football with, with lights on, with, with cars in the rain, all that wonderful stuff, all that all that very much yeah. true? Yeah,
2: that was all true. And, uh, you know, the biggest, the biggest switch was uh, my wife now, 29 years, Janet. I'm, I'm, I'm in our office here in Philadelphia um, for all the events, and, and I'm looking at her side, and I'm looking at all this gymnastic stuff. And one of them says USA. Janet was a world-class gymnast on the USA team back in the Munich days. And, um, but in order to get the intellectual property rights from the NFL, uh, they made a suggestion that we do it this way. And we'd have the humor and the conflict with her becoming a Giants fan. And she <laughs> rolled with it. It was perfect. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's cool. You know, I mean, it's really cool. Because only time I go out and speak, hey, how, how you know, Dick Vermeule says it best. He said, it's not a documentary for crying out loud. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, to get the opportunity from Coach Tramiel, my, you know, a shout out to him. I love him so much, and congratulations to him for his Hall of Fame induction. But yeah. man, oh man, you know, it's just all the pieces coming together. It's like kaleidoscope. And it was really wild seeing a movie for the first time because, you know, when you, when, when you see it being shot, and we, were, we were on the set all the time, and my kids were in the movie. And I'm looking at pictures of right now of them in a the movie set, and uh, you know, and and then it's like a, it's like a puzzle, and then all of a sudden you see it for the first time, and they put all these pieces together and say, whoa, uh, I mean that was pretty sick. So it, it's been a, it's been incredible. It's been 17 years, and and it's still rolling, man. I I don't buy too many beers in Philadelphia. That's for darn sure, and I won't this weekend either. <laughs>
6: Gee, <laughs> I can only imagine why that would be the case. Dick Vermeule, you just brought him up. So, Dick Vermeule, is there any particular story that stands out about Dick Vermeule? Well, you? I,
2: I, you know, I, I think one of them actually. For, and you know, Dick Vermeule was beloved in Kansas City. Uh, you know, and, and Greg Kinnear, who played Dick, actually went out and studied him, and, and Greg just nailed it. I think the best was when I found out that I had made the team uh and you know when i signed the contract you know the conversation in the movie that we had it was outside uh, by my car really did happen in in the elevator of the eagles of the uh, a veteran stadium where the eagles were playing with the phillies and sharing the stadium with the phillies and we had that same conversation and then 15 minutes later um i was i was told to go up to the executive offices and coach yelled out to me from his office great workout and Next thing you know, I come walking back with him, and I have a contract in my hand for $21,000, for crying out loud, you know. But I think the best is just when he told me that I made the team. And, and, and you know, he walked out of me on the field. We're, we're warming up. I We started playing the Cowboys. I thought I was going to be in the game. I hadn't been told I made the team yet. And I'm looking up in the stands where I had season tickets with my dad and my buddies. And, um, and then he comes up, congratulations, old man. You're a Philadelphia Eagle. Welcome to the team. And uh, I went crazy and I asked him if I could make a phone call. And he said, well, what are you going to, you, you got to have a press conference already? I said, no, I got to call my dad. My, my dad was working at Westinghouse and I got a hold of the shop steward. And he says, well, well, well. And I said, well, tell Kingy his little boys is filled off Eagle. And that was my father's nickname. And then in the background, it was just like Rudy, you know, when he called his dad, it was the same thing. So we couldn't use that because it would have been a called a Rudy moment. And we had this scene where, he, you know, he pushed the playbook back to me. But that was that's one of my favorite stories with, with Coach ramiel and um, I'll never forget it. we were out in Canton for the induction, my entire family, and and it's just so so special. I, I owe him so much, and I love him to death.
6: Yeah, man, incredible. All right, so Eagles by what a hundred? Is that the prediction for you this weekend? Eagles by hundred? <laughs> Is that the prediction?
2: <laughs> well, you know, you know, I. Did, they would tar and feather me and stick me up in one of those greased uh, light poles here in Philadelphia <laughs> if they could if I went against them. Uh, it would be – no, I'm going I'm going somewhere around a, a field goal. You know, I'm going to play it within three or four, and I've got 27, 24 birds.
6: Okay, love it. Vince, you the man. Thank you so much for taking your time uh, here with us. So great. Oh, my gosh, fantastic. Well, you have yourself a wonderful weekend, and best of luck to your Eagles, okay?
2: Uh, yeah, I said, can I can I mention one thing though that I'm doing that's really cool? Yeah, with my daughter do it. Gabriella, it's called it's called gabbing with Invincible, and you can go right now gabbingwithinvincible.com. Obviously, we're going to have Doug Peterson, we're going to try to get Andy Reed, you know, a whole bunch of people in there talking to us. But uh, it's coming out right after the Super Bowl. There's a couple of episodes out there right now, but uh, you know, gabbing with Invincible, real excited. My daughter Gabriella, a Syracuse grad and a pretty good athlete, so it's going to be a lot of fun.
6: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Vince. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. I
2: appreciate it very much. Everybody out there, dream big, baby, and win the day. Just win the day. See you, guys.
3: All right. There you have it. Vince Papali and our very own Pat Strothman from Super Bowl uh, Radio Road down in Phoenix. When we come back, I'm old Jack Young. Next.
0: You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22.
2: Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022 Case IH equipment from Equip, Axial flow combines and headers, early riser planters and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit CanEquip in Wichita Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. CanEquip, Canny with you.
0: Kansas City is back in the big game. How did they get there? By having a strong work ethic and great attention to detail. Those are the same values of the successful team at Eaton Roofing and Exteriors. Now celebrating their 30th year in business, Eaton Roofing and Exteriors has been the proven winner since 1993. Roofing, siding, windows, and doors, they do that and so much more. Find this winning team at eatonroofing.com. This is the Fat Jack, and you want to talk about a great start to 2023. It's like I've got Biff's book from Back to the Future, but I don't. I'm just that on fire. Go to FatJackSports.com and win this Super Bowl weekend. You'll get the predicted final score, the top prop bets, and most importantly, you'll make money during this key weekend of the year. FatJackSports.com. It's only $99 for football. Or save a ton of money by getting a preseason package now. Go to FatJackSports.com to win. Hey, Wichita,
6: it's Pat, and I'm here with Clay from Best Body Shop. Hey, Clay, you talk a lot about OEM parts. What exactly is OEM?
0: OEM stands for Original Equipment Manufacturer. These parts are coming directly from the manufacturer, but the more important question is what does it matter to you? At the end of the day, the safety of your vehicle is reliant on the parts that we use and the repairs of your vehicle. That's why at Best Body Shop, we use 100% OEM parts on 100% of the repairs.
6: Call 316-516-3827 or go online to bestbodyshop.com. In
1: Hi, this is Blake Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Brian Davis with another great special on Seamless Cabernet, only $9.99. And don't forget WBC's Wooshock Wheat Six Packs, just $8.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated.
0: Excludes 31st Marty.
2: couple cane poles sitting down by the creek. Lines in the water watching
7: those barbers seeing that red sun sink. Mama's on the porch yelling supper's hot. Y'all come and get in. We
0: yelled five more minutes. I'm old Jack
2: Young. Minutes. At
0: 16 it was 12 on 3 standing at her front door. 80s I recognize saw
3: song, but I
7: don't know about this guy. We a we got a hint more. if needed.
0: Yeah. Yellow light I think I'll probably all take all it. He won American not Idol. not kissing. We five oh, more about
3: five more lifelines, I, I wish I
7: had a few more drops of the good stuff, the good time. I give up, got Scotty McCreary. Ah, oh,
3: okay. At least I've heard of it. I, I had you know the shit that I hadn't even heard of the gal that you uh, threw at me yesterday. Oh, uh,
7: Daniel Bradbury? That was yeah, an older song got... of hers.
3: I still can't believe I'd never heard of her, though. A little, I don't know, not ashamed, but disappointed that... Even, even if you'd have given me uh, multiple choice, I would have whiffed because I was like, nah, it's a made-up name, so it's not her. But,
7: <laughs> fun fact, uh, right. Scotty McCreary went to the same high school, and I believe at the same time as John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> you that know. is a fun fact. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like that one. Um, Scotty McCreary, what else?
7: Damn straight.
3: Another? Okay. Maybe maybe not.
7: Um, I'm coming over. No, That's it. There yep, you go.
3: Yep. That's it. All right, it's 149. So we're just uh, minutes away from one last hurrah from Radio Row. Super Bowl week. Pat Strathman and the Pulse on deck. But first, we need to celebrate a few birthdays, starting with
7: Sterling Shepard, who's 30. Former Oklahoma Sooner. Dad played in the NFL That's as right. well and current New York Giant.
3: Yeah, yeah. Can't stay healthy either. But, yes, born in Oklahoma City, actually.
7: Alex Gordon, 39. Ah, number four. The next George Brett, the pride of Lincoln, Nebraska, (laughs) Royals Hall of Famer. uh, Multiple, multiple gold glover in left field.
3: Former Wichita Wrangler. Will they ever build a statue of Alex Gordon?
7: I've always said if they were to build, I mean you gotta do his pose after he hit. Either so I've heard two I've heard a statue of Alex Gordon dropping his bat after the home run or him routing mm-hmm. first base with his fist in the air. I think it'd be routing first uh, with his fist in the air.
3: It's a good one. So out there in the concourse you got George Brett, right?
7: Frank White you got and Dick Frank Hauser. Frank
3: White. Okay. Oh man, those those guys cast long shadows,
7: but Like, Gordon wasn't the best player on the team, which I get you can't give a statue to everybody. But it's also kind of like, speaking of the Eagles, they have, like, Nick Foles and Doug Peterson statue outside the stadium. So it's it's kind of how – if you don't have that rich of a history, you might as well honor the iconic moments. Or a statue of him diving into the crowd in Chicago.
3: (laughs) And he was beloved by Royals fans. Like, he was the face of the franchise even when they stunk. So – I wouldn't fight you on uh, on an Alex Gordon statue in the outfield concourse. Not a, not There's one two
7: bit. statues I would do that one and Salvi with two fists in the air after he hit the wild card walk off.
3: Is he more of a no brainer statue I, guy? I I think Probably if they so, were right? to pick
7: one, it would be Salvi because Salvi w- is more beloved than Alex ever was. To true, p- because is Salvi's true. also more of a a people person. Gordo was like just hard work, didn't yeah. talk much. You know, not grinkyesque esque, but kind of cranky this kid just didn't want to talk that much
3: a little bit lance berkman 47
7: part of the three b's with houston astros st louis cardinals he really had a good career with st louis too people forget that
3: yes he did ty law 49
7: uh football
3: yes patriot
7: Uh Jayhawk Owens fifty four. <laughs> I feel like that has to be I don't want to overthink that. I mean I should say baseball, but I really shouldn't. I should say basketball, right? I'm gonna go baseball because that's a weird nickname for for a basketball player.
3: Former Rockies catcher Jayhawk Owens. Jay
7: how when did he play?
3: Uh well, let's see. 1900s? Since he's fifty four no, he's only oh, fifty four. Jayhawk Owens. Yeah, oh. Still living. So um, We subtract about 30 years. So That's in the incredible. 90s. Yeah. In the 90s-ish. Huh. Uh, Daryl Johnston, 57. you want a nickname? I would take it. Moose. No, oh, let's go baseball. Mo- no, Moose Johnston. He's in the broadcast booth, former football player. Oh. He's an analyst for Fox. He's about. I think he's the number two guy, maybe?
7: Daryl Johnston. Daryl Johnston. Mine went to Moustakis.
3: Uh, yeah, okay.
7: Daryl Johnston,
3: I'm trying to think of who he's paired up with. It escapes me right now. Um, Lenny Dykstra, 60.
7: I do know this one. Because <laughs> I should. Let's That's go. Sure. Uh, Baseball,
3: yes. Former Met and Philly outfielder. I don't remember have which you team
7: I really remember him on. I don't know why I just remember recently hearing his name either.
3: Have you have you seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Queens? The uh, Mets
7: thirty uh, for thirty. Uh, that wasn't the one with Strawberry and Gooden, was it? They had two no, separate. They got, ones. they got their own. Yeah. Daryl and Doc. That was Doc. Yeah, yeah Daryl and Doc.
3: No, you need to watch this, and you need to watch it on ESPN Plus Ooh. on the uh, whatever. Because Lenny Dykstra will make you fall off the couch laughing. He does nothing but cuss all the way through it.
7: It's my kind and of guy. And it's hilarious.
3: So you need to make sure to get the not safe for work 30 for 30 just for the Lenny Dykstra talk. And you'll learn something about the Mets because as we all did agree, didn't... 30 for 30s are awesome.
7: Did Jamie Bluma bring up Lenny Dykstra? Yesterday? No, no. I thought no. recently we talked like the funniest guys he knew at any point.
3: Uh, I think he may have. Yeah.
7: Maybe, maybe. I could be over. there. may have. There.
3: Yeah. Greg Norman, sixty-eight.
7: Uh. Can I get a hint?
3: Um. He. Let's see. Without throwing the game. Uh. Non-big four. Ah. He is—he's uh, been kind of in the news within the last year or so. He was a legend when he did what he did, and now obviously he's—he's he's getting older, 68.
7: But since he's um, older, still being in the news, I'll go golf.
3: Yes, okay. he's the basically the Ramrodder of Live Golf.
7: Oh, okay. He
3: has thrown his weight behind Live Golf, and now what was normally a beloved guy—he's kind of a villain. All right, there you go. Good show, Jack. Good week. Thanks everybody for listening. Hang in there, Jack. Jack's day isn't done yet. He's got to. Uh, he's got to grind through the pulse with Pat Strothman from Radio Row. His Super Bowl week wraps up. Stick around for that. For Jack, I'm Shane. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Pat the Pulse is next.